Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, An Eternal Weight of Glory, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, An Eternal Weight of Glory, Part 1, was posted on October 1st. Last week we noted that the treasure is hidden in a field. The merchant searches for fine pearls. The net was cast into the sea that caught all kinds of fish. All three of these analogies are correct for describing the kingdom of heaven. I hope these three parables, analogies, from our examination gave us a bigger description in total of what heaven is like. This started by examining 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, which starts with, But we have this treasure in clay jars, comma, The reference of clay jars is an analogy for us. We are those clay jars mentioned in this verse. Another phrase for clay jars is earthen vessels. Whether you call us clay jars or earthen vessels, either way, it means we are feeble, frail, dying men and women, whether we are saved in Christ or not. The power of God lives in his people by the Holy Spirit, and moves through them. It can be seen further that this is not only of his apostles, but all true believers. That means, even today, all of us who are saved in Christ. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, An Eternal Weight of Glory, Part 1, hosted on October 1st. This week, Our study is titled, An Eternal Weight of Glory, Part 2. This week, we continue our examination of this scripture passage that is little, if ever, taught from here in America. We examined verse 7 alone. This week, we will continue starting with verse 8. We are experiencing trouble on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. Always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our body. For we who are alive are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our mortal body. From 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8-11 through 11. First, notice the wording in the text portion in verses 8 and 9. Let us examine it this way. 1. We are experiencing trouble on every side. But 
are not crushed. Two, we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Three, we are persecuted, but not abandoned. Four, we are knocked down, but not destroyed. Then the sentence continues to its end. Always carrying around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our body. Notice that this dual effect continues even in the end of the sentence in verse 10. Let us look closer at this to see what is being said to us. The false apostles and some weak Christians having taken offense at the manifold and great sufferings which St. Paul, with his fellow apostles, had met with in the course of their ministry, in these verses St. Paul shows the church at Corinth that there was no reason at all why any should be offended at his sufferings, or any cause why the false apostles should object, that if he had preached the gospel sincerely, Almighty God would never have suffered him to be persecuted and afflicted so severely, namely, because all his afflictions were so graciously moderated, and himself so powerfully upheld by God, that he sunk not under the weight and burden of them. We are troubled, says he, on every side, but not overwhelmed with our troubles. We are often perplexed, but not so as to despair of God's help and succor. We are persecuted by men, but not forsaken of God, cast down indeed, but not killed by the fall, so that there is in our sufferings a resemblance and representation of the death and sufferings of Jesus Christ. We bear in our bodies a memorative conformity to our dying Lord, that it may appear how mightily we are supported by the quickening power of the Spirit of Christ under all our afflictions. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. In case someone does not know the meaning of succor, spelled S-U-C-C-O-R, its meaning is as follows. Literally, to run into, to run to support. Hence, to help or relieve when in difficulty, want or distress, to assist and deliver from suffering, as to succor a besieged city, to succor prisoners. He is able to succor them that are tempted. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. Further, from William Burkett's Expository Notes, notice, in these verses, St. Paul shows the church at Corinth that there was no reason at all why any should be offended at his 
sufferings or any cause why the false apostles should object that if he had preached the gospel sincerely, Almighty God would never have suffered him to be persecuted and afflicted so severely, namely, because all his afflictions were so graciously moderated and he himself so powerfully upheld by God that he sunk not under the weight and burden of them. The following should tell us something about ourselves today. There was no reason at all why any should be offended at his sufferings, meaning the people that Paul was in the presence of and or witnessing to. For us today, it could be also said, there is no reason at all why anyone should be offended at someone's sufferings. As well, it should also be said of our witnessing. However, it is often not the case. The next quotation of William Burkett in the present tense, instead of speaking of Paul, who we should see as our example, reads as follows. If we preach the gospel sincerely, Almighty God would never suffer us to be persecuted and afflicted severely, namely, because all our afflictions are so graciously moderated, and we ourselves so powerfully upheld by God, that we sink not under the weight and burden of our persecutions and afflictions. Notice how this commentary passage starts. If we preach the gospel sincerely, Hama. This is so impressively a huge statement to many in my country. They also need to fully understand it and how it works in us. The reason why, you may ask? Many here in America have formed their witness into a numbers game. Secondly, they become frustrated with people who make their witness to them difficult, even very difficult. This is the two chief reasons why witnessing to others in America has become difficult, even impossible. People here are offended by those who witness to them for the aforementioned reasons especially and other reasons as well. What I have observed and have never understood is why when these being witnessed to say no or leave me alone, why those witnessing do not stop and leave politely. I can only wonder why it is this way here. Those people who are witnessing need to fully understand that even the Bible tells us not everyone will want to be saved in Christ by our witness to them. Yes, they may never become saved in Christ. This has been true for all of time. Therefore, it is not our fault when a person will not receive our witness to them. The idea here is to win people to Christ and not alienate them to Christ by our bad and even false witness to them. Some food for thought. 
Notice also, Almighty God would never suffer us to be persecuted and afflicted severely, namely, because all our afflictions are so graciously moderated and we ourselves so powerfully upheld by God that we sink not under the weight and burden of our persecutions and afflictions. Further, we are troubled, says he, on every side, but not overwhelmed with our troubles. We are often perplexed, but not so as to despair of God's help and succor. We are persecuted by men, but not forsaken of God, cast down indeed, but not killed by the fall. So that there is in our sufferings a resemblance and representation of the death and sufferings of Jesus Christ. Now, notice this verse from a previous episode. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. From the World English Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You should see the moderation outlined in our commentary passage. It is also said in this companion verse I just quoted. First, Scripture tells us that no temptation has taken you except what is common to man. While I should not have to say it, it should be obvious that of what is common to man are the things and situations that can tempt us every day in our lives. That means we should already have an understanding of the large repertoire of temptations and allurements that we can find ourselves involved with. Notice the second sentence. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Note first that God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. Comma. Therefore, God knows how severely each of us can be tempted. This comment also says, as a result of God's knowledge of us individually, that, with the temptation also, He makes the way of escape. What did our commentary passage tell us? We are troubled, says He, on every side, but not overwhelmed with our troubles. We are often perplexed, but not so as to despair of God's help and succor. We are persecuted by men, but not forsaken of God, cast down indeed, but not killed by the fall. This means we must go through our afflictions, trials, and even tribulations, but we are not overwhelmed with our troubles. 
we will not suffer, so as to despair of God's help and succor. We are not forsaken of God. We are not killed when we fall. Yes, these things will happen to us, but notice that they are nowhere near as harmful to us, God's children, as they most certainly could be. Now, the way of escape, noticed in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, is what we have also noticed today. The lessening of the impact of our afflictions, trials, and tribulations by God. Even Job had his afflictions, trials, and tribulations lessened by God when Satan came before God to ask permission to trouble or test Job. Also, what is the reasoning for this lessening of the impact of our afflictions, trials, and tribulations? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us at the close of the sentence, stating that you may be able to endure it. Now, notice further. Cast down, thrown down by our enemies, perhaps in allusion to the contests of wrestlers or of gladiators, but not destroyed, not killed. They rose again. They recovered their strength. They were prepared for new conflicts. They surmounted every difficulty and were ready to engage in new strifes and to meet new trials and persecutions. From Barnes' New Testament Notes The dying of the Lord Jesus, the death, the violent death, the death similar to that of the Lord Jesus. The idea is that he was always exposed to death and always suffering in a manner that was equivalent to dying. The expression in parallel to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I die daily, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, where he says, in deaths often. It does not mean that he bore about literally the dying of the Lord Jesus, but that he was exposed to a similar death and had marks on his person which showed that he was always exposed to the same violent death. This did not occur once only or at distant intervals, but it occurred constantly, and wherever he was, it was still true that he was exposed to violence and liable to suffer in the same manner that the Lord Jesus did. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice what Mr. Barnes told us about Paul. This did not occur once only, or at distant intervals, but it occurred constantly. Today, especially, we perceive our afflictions, trials, and especially our tribulations incorrectly, meaning far worse than they really are and as a result of sinning. This is incorrect, for today we perceive an ongoing issue 
as constantly and as something that has no way of escape. Yet, the escape spoken of in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is the description of how God makes the way of escape. Not that we are free of any affliction, trial, or tribulation, but the way of escape is the lessening of it so that, quote, we are experiencing trouble on every side, but are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. End quote. We should note further, one, a desire that his life might resemble that of the Lord Jesus, that there might be the same self-denial, the same readiness to suffer, the same patience in trials, the same meekness, gentleness, zeal, ardor, love to God, and love to men evinced in his body, which was in that of the Lord Jesus. Two, a desire to attain to the same life in the resurrection which the Lord Jesus had attained to. A desire to be made like him and that in his body, which bore about the dying of the Lord Jesus, he might again live after death as the Lord Jesus did. Thus, understood, it implies an earnest wish to attain to the resurrection of the dead and accords with what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, which may perhaps be considered as Paul's own commentary on this passage, which has been so variously and so little understood by expositors. Quote, yes, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. End quote. From Barnes New Testament Notes. Now, for reference, Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11 reads, More than that, I now regard all things as liabilities compared to the far greater value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Indeed, I regard them as dung, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on Christ's faithfulness. My aim is to know him, to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings, and to be like him in his death, and so, somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. In closing, note, the servants of God are constrained by the force of extreme circumstances to have, quote, the dying of Jesus, end quote, 
in their mind always. If you look at that, you see our own death. This view prevents the living for yourself. This creates room for, quote, the life of Jesus, end quote. His life is then seen in all your walk and talk, in your behavior and manners. From King Comments Commentary on the Whole Bible. Now, remember this verse. For we who are alive are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our mortal body. What can others see when they look at you? An everyday person of little influence or a person that the life of Jesus is also visible in their mortal body? Next week, our episode is titled, An Eternal Weight of Glory, Part 3. How can death and life be at work in us at the same time? What does this phrase mean? The one who raised up Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. To find out more, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched our mobile tablet and desktop compliant website 
has more information. Links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.